You're listening to Test, Learn, Grow, where we believe that all marketing should create value, build trust, and inspire change. This is the Level Agency way. Hey, Miles here from Level, and I am proud to be your podcast host. In every episode of Test, Learn, Grow, I'll be joined by agency team members and other members of the marketing community for radically candid conversations on all things marketing. So without further ado, let's dive into today's episode. Welcome back to Test, Learn, and Grow. Everyone, today on the podcast, we are joined by Jess Eschmond, Account Manager 2 and Testing SME here at Level, which SME or SME, as you might hear it affectionately referred to, is Subject Matter Expert. So Jess, thanks for joining us on the podcast. Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm really excited. Helping me conduct this interview, we are joined once again by Alan Reynolds in the co-host chair. So Alan, thanks for hopping on this podcast with me and with Jess. Thanks so much, Miles. Appreciate it. So why don't we start with that SME, SME phrase, right? What does it mean to be a subject matter expert? Sure. Yeah, definitely an affectionate title, SME, because you think of uh, Captain Hook and the sidekick. Um, But yeah, we usually go by SME. We don't all wear little red hats like Shmi. So. <laughs> um, being a subject expert basically means that across the agency, rather than just on your individual vertical, because we have education, B2B, and e-commerce, you can work across all of those teams, experience all of those things, and help all of those teams with your specialty. So I have been working with the education team, both B2B teams, and my own e-commerce team to really elevate testing. And then the other subject matter experts do the same with their specialties. Got it. And so we have a testing subject matter expert. This podcast is called Test, Learn, Grow. If folks listening haven't gotten it yet, we're big on testing here. So how would you describe Level's test and learn culture from your seat as testing subject matter expert? Recently, I think our president, Patrick Patterson, said it really well during a meeting and he got the quote from somewhere else, but that's that's how you get quotes, right? Good advice travels. So by anonymous, I guess. But he said that you can always say I may be wrong, but I'm not confused. Basically meaning I'm placing my bets on this thing and these are all the reasons why. Here's my hypothesis. I'm not confused as to why I want to make this decision. And if it's wrong, then that's okay because you weren't confused about it. You had really good reasons for why you wanted to do it. You really thought it out. You talked about it with your team and you put it out into the market to test it. And if it doesn't resonate, it doesn't resonate. But now, you know, so that I think encapsulates it really, really well. Yeah, which is interesting because when you think about the high-powered world of business, right? And from a client's perspective, they don't pay us to be wrong, right? We're managing other people's dollars. And I'm sure not everyone loved this idea of running a test or, you know, I think it might work, but I could be wrong. Like you said, whether you're confused about it or not, if you're wrong, you're wrong. How, how have you come up against that with interfacing with clients? Is it a hard thing for people to connect with? Or do, when most people hear it, do they, do they get it, agree with it, like it, all those things? So when talking to clients about all of the tests, it's, well, it's definitely an adjustment as a marketer to put yourself out there and say, I think this might work. I really want to see if it does. But I think that's why it's so important to make sure that you have a really meaningful test 
it's not just a red or green button, but it's something that you're curious about. The client will feel that it's meaningful and you could write a hypothesis about it, a strong hypothesis about it. If you can't do those three things, be curious, make it meaningful to the client and write a hypothesis, then it's probably not a worthwhile test. And when you can do all of those things, it's much easier to explain it to the client before you do it, while it's running, and after. The goal of mine is to always have a testing slide in all of our performance slide decks so that we're going over upcoming tests, past tests, current tests. Because it's really interesting to us, but if you put together a really good test, the client is super interested too to see what resonates with their audience. That connects right to our proud values, right? First one being partnership. So I was wondering if you could touch on a little bit more about how level, even though we have a test learn culture, it actually fits very nicely with our partnership value. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's definitely, obviously data-driven decisions is another one of our values, but partnership is a huge part too. We are caring about their audience. We're taking the time to really think through what our clients need, what those audiences need, and understanding that it's not going to be the same year after year, week over week even, of what's going to resonate. Times change. Digital is a very fast-paced industry. And so the fact that we are taking the time to think of new ideas and continue to innovate rather than just maintain, which is really important to me, plays a lot in the partnership and it really builds trust with our clients because they know that we're excited about it and we want to learn more and continue to innovate and not just maintain, like I said. You touched on this a little bit, but I wondered if you could speak further. How should we distinguish between a good test and maybe a not not worthwhile test? So the three things that are really important to me are the curiosity, making it meaningful, and writing that hypothesis. Testing is so important because you could run a campaign for two months without a test and maybe it worked. And that's a long time in digital marketing to run something for two months and then not be sure if it's going to work or not. And you can not be sure, but when you're testing, you at least have two things that are running and one might resonate more and one might not. And then for the next test, you can keep growing on top of that. So rather than running a test for two months, waiting for the results for that, learning from the results, and then running another two-month test, you can run two pieces of creative or two bidding strategies. It doesn't even have to be creative. You could be in the platforms testing a different audience or a different bidding strategy. You can run those two things at the same time, measure it for two weeks, kick out the loser and then put in a new challenger so that we can continue to build on that. In digital, we do have the luxury of doing those tests. You can't exactly do an AV test on a billboard on a major highway. There's too many changing variables. It's a static piece, but in digital, we can change it like that. And there's so many different ways that we can change the ads. Like I said, it could be a bidding strategy. It could be audience. It could be the click, the call to action. It could be the art. It could be the copy, the way that we treat the copy. So instead of choosing something, taking a guess, letting it run for two months, we choose something that we're truly curious about, something the client will find meaningful and something we can write a strong hypothesis about. So not necessarily a red or green button, but 
maybe long form text for Facebook rather than the short form text. Um, and I can go through kind of the hypothesis and everything we have for that one, but that's uh, a current test that we're running that we're excited about. Yeah, let's go there. I was going to ask that anyway, if there's an example of a recent test we've done and walk through the framework with a real example, and it sounds like you have one ready to go. So let's dive in. Tell us about yeah, it. Yeah, we have, we have a ton of tests running uh, at any given time, especially with the amount of clients that we have. But one in particular that we've been really curious about is long form Facebook copy, the post text versus short form. Truly curious. That's the first thing, because we've been told for so long that short form, like seven to 10 words or 10 to 15 words, make it as short as you possibly can and don't make users click that see more button. That's what we've been told, you know, kind of over the years to keep it short and sweet. But we're finding that some of that long form text is performing because you can give more context to the consumer about what you're actually offering. You're giving them more information before they make that commitment to click. And so that's the truly curious part. Meaningful to the client is that context. It's meaningful to them because if it is long form, they can say so much more about their brand, so much more about their product, give more context, um, add more details, really put all of their value props in there. And then hypothesis, we can do that because we can say, we would assume that the short copy, which is 10 to 15 words, would have a lower cost per click and more conversions than long form. That would be because people scroll so quickly through their feeds. You need to get them as soon as quick as possible. Um, but the post text, I feel like when people are scrolling, it is the art that really stops the scroll, as we say. Something that you're interested in comes across that art, and then you stop, and then you want to read more. And maybe you don't want to click yet, but you can click see more and read the value props and see if it's something that you're interested in. So that that's one of them. Uh, we are doing a lot of other things in terms of art and copy, using emojis, putting a border on the art to stand out in the feed more, and lots of different ideas from the conferences that we go to. As we continue to expand our own knowledge, we do a lot of continued learning. So and I'm sitting on the edge of my seat. Do we know which one's better? <laughs> the text and the long text? Do we have the results back yet, or is it still in process? It's still in process. Yeah. I also, it's really important to me too, that we don't just run it once. If it was one time that we ran the test and it was for two weeks and it was for one specific client, I don't want to totally abandon that hypothesis. That's another great thing about it being something that you're actually curious about it being meaningful and having a hypothesis. You want to know, you want to continue to test it. So maybe it didn't work for client A, but let's test it again for client A and let's test it for client B too, just to make sure so that we can aggregate all of our data rather than just having that one flight, that one, yeah, that one data set. So sorry. Yeah, nothing yet, but I will, I will update you as soon as we know. So yes, you are new to this testing SME role. I was wondering, where do you see this going? What are your plans for the role and what should we know about that? 
Yeah, I was a subject matter expert in a different vertical before, and testing just felt much more natural for my skill set and what I'm interested in. So um, when the opportunity arose for a new testing SME, I was really excited about that opportunity. Right now, one of my quarterly goals is to get a testing slide into all of our performance decks to get to that point where all of our tests are meaningful enough that we are comfortable sharing them with the client and that it deserves a whole slide. It can, you know, simply say testing at the top, have some screenshots of A and B and a couple of bullets about what we're learning. And it'll get the client into that mindset as well. Maybe they'll start telling us things that they would like to test from their internal meetings. And then that really builds on partnership as well, because we're not only putting our own ideas out there, but we're working together on ideas that the client comes up with on their own. I'm going back to something you said about testing a billboard. I'm putting my, my client hat on and thinking about that, right? As you you wouldn't want to really spend all that money to test the billboard. That's what's nice about what we can do in digital is if the client does have things they want to test, they're buying and they're getting excited. We can test that out at a more affordable price point and at a faster rate in digital and then take those learnings and apply them to other channels for people. You test the images, you test the copy, the messaging, and then you can take the winner and then go and make that buy on a billboard campaign, feeling much more confident that what you're saying is going to be what resonates and it's going to be more effective than thinking you have the right idea and thinking you know it all when really you just like your own idea and you put it out there. So to quote Pat again, I don't know if he got this from himself or somebody else, but another quote I like from him is, you know, we don't have to be right. We just have to get it right. And I think testing helps us do that, right? It's not about any one person's specific idea. It's about what's going to work the best and getting there as quick as we can. And testing is a way to do that. Yeah, absolutely. And talking about the billboards, I mentioned that there's just way too many variables there. Another important part of our testing is that you have to pick one variable. A billboard, if you tried to do an A-B test with a billboard, one, you can't have two different pieces of creative on one billboard space. Um, so it would be on a different street with different traffic patterns. Um, maybe one of the boards is lit and one of them isn't. Hopefully you would try to um, work out as many variables as you can, um, making them the same size, both having them lit. But there's just some things that you can't control, um, especially with the pandemic. I'm sure billboard companies were really, really stressing because not as many people were on the roads and more people were relying on digital in order to get their messages across. But when we launch a test in digital, we pick that one thing that we are curious about. We launch both ads in the same campaign in the same ad set or ad group, depending on what platform you're in. And it's just two different pieces of creative. They're going to the same audience. The Facebook algorithm is going to serve which one it likes best. The audience is going to see which one it likes best. And the title, the call to action the art will all be the same, but then that post text copy will be different. One will be short and one will be long. If we changed multiple things, there's no way of knowing what really made the difference. And that's the power of knowing how to do a test correctly and digital because we can actually control all of those factors when we put it out into the market. Yeah, it's a great point. The other thing I was thinking about, how do we integrate learnings across the agency? Right. So how do I learn from what you're doing, Jess, on your team 
And how can I take what you're learning and apply it to what we're doing on that rather than being siloed within teams? That's a great question. The way that we share across teams, the verticals are very new to us. It is a structure that we needed and that has been working really well over this last year. We started not too long ago and it's working really well. Um, But that was a concern. How do we you know, still stay connected, still share learnings across the teams. And that's actually how the center of excellence and the subject matter experts were born. I am a subject matter. I am an account manager on the e-commerce team. I work on all e-commerce projects, but being that subject matter expert, that's what allows me to go across teams, share learnings and make sure that everybody is up to date. We also have our all-company meetings every Friday, and we get to spotlight each other's successes and learnings, and that's another goal of mine, to have somebody talking about testing in every single all-company meeting so that we can all learn from it, so that we're running so many meaningful tests that everyone is curious about that we're so excited to put it in that all-company meeting on a consistent basis so that we can all learn. So that if something worked for e-com and education wants to pick it up because it might work for them, then they can and build off of our learning so that nobody has to make the same mistake twice or the same failure twice, which is totally okay. We also have testing sheriffs. So I'm the subject matter expert, but I'm not ingrained in every single vertical. We have amazing teams for education, B2B and e-commerce, and they were placed there because of their expertise and their knowledge in that area. If I tried to be an expert in education and B2B and e-commerce, then that would be putting us back into our old structure, which we moved into these verticals and these specialties for a reason. So the testing sheriffs are the people that are ingrained on each team. There is an education testing sheriff, two B2B testing sheriffs, and an e-commerce testing sheriff. And we have check-ins every week. And that is where I really think we're going to be making the difference kind of on the ground. During those check-ins, we're encouraging each other to make more meaningful tests, to share all of the tests that are currently running. Um, so that it doesn't have to just be once the results come in that somebody knows about the test. We're meeting every week with the experts of each vertical to learn what is currently in the market and testing, what has completed and had some cool results so that we can all decide together, oh, we really want to put that in the all company to make sure that everybody knows about that. And then Miles is good about reminding us that we should make a blog too or something like that so it can go outside of our four walls. Yeah, or a podcast like right now, right? Um, Yeah. So one thing you mentioned a few times is a word that most people don't like to utter, which is failure. How do we normalize failure in this culture of testing and make it okay so that people continue to come back and propose new tests even though... Like we said earlier, right? They're not confused. They're sure it's going to work, but it doesn't always work. So what Mm -hmm. happens post-failure in a testing culture? So I think the best way to approach it if you're first starting to test is to start small. You still have to be curious about it and it still has to be meaningful, but make a low risk decision and put it out there, get your results, start to learn how to gather that data and learn how to present it to the client or your peers. 
as you get more comfortable, you can make bolder decisions. You can want to learn about bolder things. Maybe it goes from, you know, post-text copy to in a Facebook ad to a whole test in a fully produced YouTube ad because you really are curious about something. And when a test doesn't work out, I think you just have to set yourself up for success. If you aren't sold out on what you want to learn from that test, if it doesn't work out, that's going to be a lot harder to explain and a lot harder to grow from. If like Miles, just like you said, and we talked about at the beginning, if you go in with that mindset of I might be wrong, but I'm not confused, then you're good. If that's something that it's hard to learn. But if you go in with that mindset, then you're good because from the very beginning, you said I might be wrong, but that that's okay because I'm really curious about this test. Recently at a leadership conference, someone brought up Meet the Robinsons, um, which is a animated children's movie. But the premise of the movie is that there is this kid that is an inventor and he invents all of these different things, whether it's putting peanut butter and jelly in a gun to put it on his sandwich. It's goofy. It's a Disney movie. But he's an inventor. He wants to try lots of different things. He tests and fails and tests again and fails, but he never gives up on that invention. And so when he finally gets it to a point that he's really excited about and he does want to share it with his family, it fails in front of all of them. And the response from the family is just perfect because they all start like cheering. One person says like, you failed, you failed and it was awesome, exceptional. Um, and another person says, from failure, you learn. Success, not so much. And I think not just professionally, but personally, we all know that, you know, you learn and you grow through the tough times and the failures more than you do um, when it's all sparkles and rainbows. So if you haven't seen that movie, even if you don't have kids, it is awesome. Um, it has some really good lessons in there. But I think it just sets a really good example. And they even raise a toast. They do a toast to his brilliant failure. And that they say a toast to his brilliant failure. And may it lead to success in the future. So I think that's awesome. That is awesome. Yeah, because really, a failure is only truly a failure if you don't do anything with that, right? Like when you can use it to inform the next test and turn it into something you learned, it can lead to success like the, like the movie said you're good. It's not really failure. It's failure when you just say, give up, you run one test, it doesn't work. And now you've sworn off testing forever. Then that's a failure. So I like that. Test, fail, repeat could have been the name of the podcast. (laughs) Well, Jess, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast today and letting us pick your brain about testing and critical things we should be thinking about. For our audience, it sounds like the advice from Jess today is to test, fail, and learn and grow from it. So thank you again. Thanks, Miles. Good one, everybody. Thank you. Thanks for listening to this episode of Test, Learn, Grow from your friends at Level Agency. For more information on what we do here at Level, be sure to visit us online at www.level.agency. Tune in next week for a brand new episode of this podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. And don't forget to rate and subscribe to the show so that you never miss an episode. And until next time, remember that the best way to do any sort of marketing is to test, learn, and grow.